As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Happy Friday, listeners. We have something new for you. We're going to try to do an every Friday mini-sode where we talk about what we've been watching or playing or reading or whatever. Am I supposed to go? (laughs) (laughs) We're doing this off the cuff. Yeah. And so, you know, this will be a regular thing. We heard from you guys about liking the segment on the podcast. And so we're happy to deliver it once a week. It's just going to be me and Terry talking for, you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes about what we've been watching. And hopefully that this will satisfy you guys and what you've been looking for. And also give us a chance to talk about all the things we've been watching. Because I do miss talking about that with you, Terry. I do as well. It was something that I did look forward to. It just it got kind of untenable with um, dealing with either, you know, talk working through PR people and having a limited amount of time or it just sort of like broke up the flow. So I'm yeah. I'm really excited that we're going to give this to you and be able to have a chat with us. So let us know what you think. Um and hopefully you guys like it as much as we do. We're just gonna keep doing it anyway because we can talk to each other. It's just another excuse yeah. another excuse for me to talk to Terry. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that's that's really what it boils down to. That's what this whole podcast has become. <laughs> It's like you were recording earlier, and it's it's like, oh wait, we should be recording this stuff. <laughs> this is, <laughs> like, this oh. is podcast gold, isn't this how this works? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, um, what have you been watching, Mary Beth? Okay, so 
People who follow me on Twitter have seen I'm going on a journey through the world of Giallo. And I love that for you. I'm very excited. I, I like, like we all know, I have a lot of blind spots in horror, especially the history of horror. And so I got some suggestions from people for Argento specifically, because um, I would like to kind of have a starting point because there's a lot and it's a little oh, bit overwhelming and shutter also has a lot of his work right now so i figured what what better place to start so over the weekend i watched inferno yeah and tenebrae 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 shit i think it's i think i say tenebrae tenebrae that's what it says yes tenebrae i watched tenebrae and inferno and so holy shit wow yeah giallo is wild. And it, I, I don't even know if Inferno <laughs> isn't technically. Oh, hold on. Excuse me, and I'm burping too, Jesus. <laughs> I'm so attractive. Keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho. We are quite the pair right now. I mean. <laughs> This like, is happening. I'm like taking my temperature, like like panicky, <laughs> like because I'm I'm dealing with stuff. I'm burping. <laughs> like it's fine. Um. So I don't know. I don't think Inferno is considered a giallo. I know there's a lot of discussion. It's not. It, yeah, because it's more. It's like the Three Mothers um, trilogy, and so it's got the vibe of a giallo, but it's not the kind of like slasher right and that and that's the thing that like i've i've learned very quickly is that people that are italian horror fans like you do not call suspiria a giallo you do not call inferno a giallo i did learn that huh i did learn that yeah because like people will will very quickly correct you on that on that aspect but yeah so what did you think i okay and for i'll start with inferno i know it's not giallo whatever gorgeous like i don't understand how argento gets these beautiful buildings and these beautiful sets and there's just these amazing sequences like the beginning when she goes underwater to get her keys that she dropped underwater like i like absolutely in love it's just gorgeous and i think one of the things i didn't really realize about italian horror at least argento is that it doesn't always make a lot of sense (laughs) no like the plot isn't why you watch it. It kind of is, but what I What is the get... plot of Inferno? Uh, you know, that's a great fucking question. There's a <laughs> mother, <laughs> Tenenbaum lives there, Matar Tenenbaum. She's the meanest, cruelest witch of the three. And she lives in this apartment building that a woman has somehow discovered she lives in the same apartment building. And then everyone starts dying because of the witch. That's like really what I can tell you. Yeah. Her brother shows up randomly. The the plot description of Inferno is wrong though cuz it's like a man comes to investigate witches and I'm like the man is in the back half. Like it's really not much to do with him. <laughs> it's like two women who are like doing lots of really interesting research and getting killed by the witch. The witch. Well, that's what I assume is happening. That is my reading of the film. Also a man drowns a bag of cats. Oh yeah. I forgot that about that. That was fucking awful. And like not even just because of the and then he gets eaten alive by rats. Basically, I loved it. It was so fucking bizarre. And then um Tenebra I just forgot already. I'm so out of it. <laughs> Tenebra. Tenebra. Tenebra was more like a giallo. I still yes. don't real I I know what happened, but I had to read about the ending to make sure I was correct. 
because there are a lot of like it's not it's not two killers it isn't two killers i was like i fucking what's happening and then a woman just happens to get attacked by a doberman and she just so happens to go into the killer's house that hasn't happened to you before no it's never happened to me um i guess that maybe i'm like an exception to the rule here but regardless of me giving the plot summaries of these movies i love them they're so i think once i understand the headspace you're supposed to be in with these films i'm very into it i wasn't did not go into inferno with like the right kind of expectations at first but i can i quickly adapted it and now i kind of understand what i'm getting into and is that true for all giallo or is it just argento um i do think like um i'm not i'm not I guess I'm, I've seen more than you, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself like a Giallo enthusiast. So well, you've I, seen more than Argento. <laughs> I know I have. Um, I mean, like they all kind of have that sort of dreamy or the ones I've seen sort of have that kind of dreamy feel to it. Well, I also think that it, it probably puts us a little on edge because obviously there's, there's the dubbing issue, right? Mm-hmm. So like yeah. it automatically, it it feels larger than life because like you have people that are either a speaking English that are being redubbed or people that are speaking Italian that are being redubbed or mm-hmm. people that are speaking a different language and being redubbed into English. So like everywhere you look, people are being, it, there's a lot of ADR going on. There's a lot of, um, the, the colors are so bright and popping. So I, I do think that the, like a lot of the ones I've seen kind of have put me in that sort of same headspace as okay. like Tenebrae or, or Inferno. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. So Phenomena is next for me because I read the plot description and it's a young Jennifer Connelly. So I'm very excited to watch Phenomena. Who controls and talks to bugs. Exactly. I I read that plot description. I said, (laughs) why is this? Yes. I'm like, why is this not the greatest? (laughs) Like, why is this not talked about constantly? Like the greatest movie of all time. So I'm very excited to delve into that. And I thank you to everyone who has given me suggestions. Um, I'm very excited to start on this journey. I was just thinking about this today because I was, because we were recording this episode um, the same day we were recording about Friday the 13th coming up. Um, and so, like, so thankful for a podcast that's gotten me to, like, finally get off my ass and watch these movies and, like, getting me to really get delve deeper into horror history and really like give giallos and slashers their due and i'm just like so i'm so grateful for that and i'm grateful for these like meeting all these amazing people who can kind of tell me where to start and it's been great and this year like especially with covid it's been terrible but i really feel like i've been filling a lot of the gaps in my horror knowledge and it's really cool it feels good maybe i should start rewatching giallos i mean i again i've seen i've seen a handful of them but um there's there's a lot that i that I haven't seen. And I know that there's going to be a, a shutter today just yeah. while the has announced like a bunch of Giallo coming in, in December. So Holly, maybe, Holly Giallo Christmas is the best fucking title <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Like it, it so is, is so good. And so, and I love the titles of all these Giallo and I'm just very excited. So they have the best titles. Like your room is a vice and only I have the key. <laughs> like it's like, a, it's like fallout boy music titles. Like they're an entire, it is. Like they're entire sentences. And I'm like, wait, is fallout, is fallout boy like the giallo of, of rock music? I'm going to tell Ryan Larson we're talking about. 
<laughs> Ryan. Yeah, I think I think that I think that like pop. Or maybe I guess in in that that type of music because I mean, Panic at the Disco also had. Yeah, I was like, going really to say Panic at the Disco, like that fueled by ramen, pop, punky, emo, yeah. like early to mid two thousand. Where's music. Ryan when you need him? <laughs> yeah, he probably his ears just perked up. Probably was like someone mentioned Fall Out Boy. <laughs> um. Anyway, Terry, what have you been watching? So the first one I want to talk about, because let's start on a downer. Have you heard of Dennis Nilsson? He is a serial killer or was Wait. a serial killer. Tell me more because it sounds very familiar. Um, So he was in England and he was <gasps> discovered because his building had to call the plumber because there were backup <laughs> issues right. and they found human fucking remains <laughs> In their sewage that because right. he was stuffing <laughs> organs down his fucking toilet. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's totally fucked up. It's awful. But just like, what the fuck? Yes, I have heard of this guy. Um, so what did you watch about that? <laughs> <laughs> so there was. I don't know why I bought this movie. <laughs> it was probably someone on Twitter. Um, I well, I know it was someone on Twitter. I don't know who it was on Twitter that was talking about it. It's an Arrow release. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful set, um, and I think it was limited. It's limited to like two or three thousand. So like that's probably why I was like, oh gosh, people are talking about this movie. I should buy it because there's only like going to be three thousand copies of it. That's how they fucking so, get you. That's how it, they it fucking is. get you. But it's it's a it's a very evocative cover where it's like it had the slip cover is like the the uh the floorboards and there's like a, a piece missing and there's like rooms oh, underneath what's it. What's the title again? Cold Light of Day. Okay. Okay. Is the I movie. saw the, the um cover you posted on Twitter. Yeah. And I, I think it was I think people were probably comparing it to Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Okay. Because it has that kind of documentary style to it. It's 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 prevented very matter of factly. Okay. It's a lot of it, it it's kind of framed by the the kind of confession slash interrogation by the police because mm. he was in real life he like pretty much just like yeah i'm gonna confess it and he said in kind of like a, a stranger's way he's like i'm kind of hoping you'll tell me why i'm doing this is sort of like his oh god his like rationale for for basically un unspooling himself to this interrogator and so the movie fictionalizes it like the, the the character is is called someone else um and they they changed a lot of the names um but it's basically kind of recounting three of his of his i guess f i you know you're not quite sure but i guess three in in if this was if this was compared to like real life the last three murders that he did i don't know if if the character in this movie did more before this but okay it follows some of the the things that he was known for, like keeping the bodies under his floorboard um, that he would take out once in a while and and sleep with. Um, hmm. He would he boiled the skulls of people to like get rid of the brains inside. I feel terrible. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I've heard about that before. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, Edgy and oh yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, like. Yeah, so like the the things that that this I mean, the Wikipedia, like I went down a fucking rabbit hole on this character because the Wikipedia is very long 
and very in-depth on his life. He's also one of, like Jeffrey Dahmer, he's he's um, a, a queer man that I think probably had oh, a lot of internalized homophobia. Okay. Because a lot of the... the a lot of people that he murdered were either um, people. A lot, some of them were people that he slept with. Some were people were a lot of uh, gay men that he found that were either homeless or that he tried to like take care of, um, and would offer like sleeping in his house and that kind of stuff, or would take him in, entice them home for a drink. Okay, okay. One of one of those characters. Yeah. Okay. Interestingly. It was directed by a woman, Fiona Luis, and I, this is the only movie she directed. Huh, that's interesting. It includes the, this this Blu-ray. I haven't dug into the extras, but the Blu-ray does include two of her short films that she did. Mm. But like, yeah, this was the only film that she did, and it's the acting is a little hit or miss. Okay, the interrogator pretty much screams the entire time. Mm. The the main character, I. I, I I get he's not supposed to be likable, but he the, the guy that plays him is just annoying. I don't I didn't find him very evocative to watch um for the 90 minutes. But it's presented in such a way that like such a matter of fact way that I think fans of Henry Porch of a Serial Killer will probably find something to like here. I mean, it's obviously low budget, like the the head that he puts in the in the pot looks fake as hell. But like hey, you know. I think it, there's something here, and it was definitely it, – it kept my attention the entire way. I, I was very enthralled in what was going on, and then cool. I went down this deep dive of Wikipedia. Oh, Terry, I don't need to buy any more fucking Blu-rays. But guess what? Especially if a woman directed it. Like, if I hear a woman has directed a horror movie from, like, that era, I'm like, I must purchase it and support her forever. Like, Absolutely. It's amazing. I think that's I think that's what's so interesting is that this is directed by by a woman and I it it makes me sad that it's the only thing that she's that she's done. Mm. Yeah, that is always a bummer when you watch something like there's something really cool here and then they never direct it again. It's like did the horror industry just get you down? I don't I don't blame you, but also yeah. please continue to make films. Yeah, but that was from 1989 and um I think I think it's worth watching. Um cool. I again there's some iffy acting and some iffy effects and it, it definitely isn't staged very well it's it's very <laughs> it's very like uh the set design's not that great but it's there's something to it that definitely cool. got me the other show that i watched is something that i heard joe lipset talk about and then i heard trace talk about and then i heard you talk about so i finally sat down and i over the weekend while i was surprise i'm dealing with covid guys Aww, but um, terry over the weekend, I watched the entirety of Evil. I haven't watched the final episode yet because I'm watching it with Steve, and he he is less of like a a binge watcher than I am, and so we're going through it a little bit slower. We have one episode left, but yeah, so don't spoil the end. But oh, I won't. The show is so fucking good, and it was a CBS show, like a show that like you, I would not expect this to have been a show on CBS. No, um, I <laughs> I don't like it as much as 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 everyone else seems to like i enjoyed it okay tell me why i i, I understand that but i want to i'd like to hear why you don't you're not as much of a fan so it's it's everything that i i, sh I don't really like and that's that's sort of why i'm surprised that i liked it as much as i did oh, that's because true. it's it's about i don't i don't believe in in possession i don't believe in i'm, I'm a 
strict atheist so like i i do like watching supernatural shows but like they don't ever really affect me so there's i'm going into it with that it's also like a, a creature of the week like not even a creature but like a case of the week type it's a procedural it's from cbs which i i have not seen any single one of their shows that i've ever really liked well ex- neither have i and that's why i was so shocked i liked evil Right. But I do think that and I also think that it being on CBS has kind of like held it back a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm I'm surprised this wasn't a CBS all access movie or to show, to be honest. Because yeah. it sort of walks up to that fine line of is this acceptable on network television? Um I don't think it, it walks up to it in the same way that Hannibal did on on Fox. Oh yeah, definitely not. But like it it tiptoes up to that area where it's like a little bit of a different edit this could have been something that was either on netflix or something that was on cbs all access but basically i mean the idea is that there's a clinical psychologist and she joins a priest in training and there, that's another thing that <laughs> annoys me it's like this, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this like i mean it, it goes back it harkens back to x-files right where you have a non-believer and you have a believer and they have like a sexual chemistry between the two of them but she's married and he's going to be a priest like there's, there's that kind of stuff that's like all right calm down shut up <laughs> <laughs> that was that is an annoying part to me though i was kind of frustrated i was like can we just have them be like friends we don't need them to be attracted to each other like it's fine we could do like this show is intriguing without their sexual chemistry but i will say the pilot i think is a perfectly executed yeah hour of television and i think the quality kind of drops after that um because i don't because it wasn't directed by uh because this is created by robert and michelle king mm-hmm. who have done the good wife and they did uh what is it the good fight and so like they have like a style and they directed the first step ep- well he directed the first episode they wrote the first episode together and then that was the only episode that they did together and i feel like the rest of the series has taken a more television approach to it whereas like the first episode felt very cinematic yeah i was like engaged i was like "Ooh, this looks good this is kind of creepy i'm really feeling it and then it sort of falls back into the the cbs television (laughs) yeah i i know what you mean i i think you're not wrong in that regard i think there are some interesting attempts at comedy that i'm not really i didn't really think worked um, but Michael Emerson as Leland Townsend is I wanna punch that oh my God. I wanna punch him in the fucking face. And I love that. Like he's such a good villain. And I think it's creature of the week or case of the week for sure, but there's a really interesting through line that keeps yeah. them all connected. And I think another thing I really love about that show is that it's called evil, but everything about it is so much in the gray area and this really cool discussion of like what is good, what is evil, and kind of how we react to that and the very gray area of what it means to be evil. And I really like that discussion and I like how it's not always super clear if it's supernatural or not. Yes. I think that's really fascinating to me and I'm glad they didn't go all in and it being horror. At least I, I think that's awesome. I think it's a really cool kind of keeps you on your toes and kind of lets you kind of make your own decision about some of the cases. Like, is it possession or is it something else? And I, I like that a lot. I like that it doesn't try to give definitive answers and it kind of leaves room for both skeptics and believers in a way that I haven't really seen on TV before. Yeah, no, I completely agree where um, I was like halfway through the season and I was like sitting back thinking, have we had a single case that is definitively, you know, this or definitively that? And I mean, 
there's obviously supernatural entities happening in the yeah. background. Like there's there's obviously that going on, but like the individual cases I did I did like the sort of gray area of there's two different ways of looking at this. Um I do think that 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 I don't know. I, I think sometimes I really should I wish it would just like decide what it wants to be yeah i just i do think it needs to fully commit and i think towards the end of the season i was a little less intrigued and it felt a little bit more silly um not silly is not the right word because one of the episodes is actually pretty intense but like it didn't feel as connected i think as the rest of it as the rest of the other um i also didn't like that two of the episodes towards the end sort of sideline the priest Mike Coulter's character like one he's in the hospital and the other one he's like held kidnapped oh yeah oh yeah so, I like, know and they're like one right after the other and I'm like really we're having another sort of like what what is that like uh that the episode they say like for like television where it's in one location why am I blinking on I don't know Maybe it was a sketch. Maybe it's a scheduling conflict. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things where like you couldn't be on set, and they're like, just put them in like a side thing. But, but so I say all this negative, but <laughs> but the fact that going into it and all of these things were not working for me, I still really enjoyed it. So I think that if things like procedurals or things like this the 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 sort of like x-files love interest not love interest between the two main characters if those things don't bother you then i think this is going to be a great time for you because i i mean i binged the entire season in yeah in my, my weekend like i obviously was being drawn to it as for some reason because there's a, a wealth of other things i could have been doing <laughs> um so i i i liked it i enjoyed it i just i i think that as far as like um, other people that I've heard talk about it, you know, you talking about it on Twitter and, and Joe and, and Trace, I think I'm a little bit below that, mm-hmm. but I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. I really wish, I, I really wish they would get off of <laughs> CBS network television. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's interesting to see these kinds of shows on network television, like Hannibal, yeah. you said Hannibal's on Fox. I think it was on NBC. Mm-hmm. I think it was on NBC. Wasn't it Fox? I thought it was NBC. Oh, you're right. My bad. No, it was on NBC. It's okay. I just want. I was like, because NBC was shocking. Because Fox would have made a little bit more sense. Yeah, I feel no, like they're a little bit more right. edgy. But like, it's interesting. And again, like NBC really pushed the envelope with Hannibal. Like, there's there's no, oh, yeah, nothing holds a candle to that. Um, but it is. Oh re- my god, I'm gonna have the Hannibals coming after me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said they're on. They're on the Hannibals. I know they're gonna yeah. come after you. <laughs> Don't worry, I fixed it. Um, but. It is interesting to see network television try to do horror because, like, obviously HBO and Showtime and Stars can do really good horror shows. But to see the see creators working within like the parameters of network television is really cool. And obviously, it doesn't yeah. always work, but it's kind of it's cool to see it when it does work. Me Sue, I know you have a lot of opinions <laughs> about network television. <laughs> you know, and I, I think I, I think it's it's more of the fact that it's on CBS because I don't. I don't like the CBS format. I I agree with you. CB- Hell, CBS is not my favorite. I also don't watch a lot of cable anymore. But when I when I watch CBS, it's definitely not my favorite uh, favorite shows. Yeah. So I, I honestly think that more than broadcast issues that you have to walk through with like you know violence and whatnot. I think it's the fact that it's it's falling in, in the same category as like a typical CBS uh, yeah. procedural. That's really a bummer for me because. Yeah. 
I really like. Oh gosh, her family. I, I love, love her, her family and her family. Her daughters. <sighs> the fact that her daughters all talk at literally the same time and they feel like just one unit. Just like I, I love those little things. I love the stories that are happening b- b- behind the scenes. I love they have this 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 tech guy that works with them, Ben. And I love the episode where he goes on on like a, a Zach Baggins type. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, <laughs> ghost show like i love that stuff it's it's all that other stuff like the the big through line that i'm really enjoying it's just the forcing of of a, an episode or a case of the week it's yeah just... no i agree i also god we keep talking about the show but it's so good i think what they do is they really put a lot of care into the characters like there's they do obviously there's like the main characters but i think like every single character is treated as an individual and is given their own stories and their own perspectives, which I don't, you don't see a lot in shows like this, but like having the daughters have their own perspectives and having like focusing on Ben and his own episodes. I don't know. I just think that's really great to get more like equity spread across the characters rather than just having like the token side characters. Yeah. Well, they all feel like they, like you said, they all have um, their own viewpoints. They feel like different people which a lot of times shows when you have when you have like an ensemble cast a lot of the the sort of side characters become like one note yeah but like everyone on this feels like like you said feels like they have their own perspective or they have their own personality or they're approaching the situation differently yeah and i i like that i yeah it's on it's on netflix the entire season and it got renewed for season two it did so, so I, i'll be there watching it um for sure, even if I will bitch about some things. <laughs> <laughs> You're still watching it and giving it views. Yeah, of course. So that, that's been our first minisode, everybody. Um, let us know if you enjoy it, if you like hearing about what we're watching, and if you have any recommendations for what we should be watching, you can tweet at us. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gaily Dreadful. My cat's walking across my keyboard, and it's really annoying. When is <laughs> when is Miso getting her Instagram account? She has an Instagram account. I just don't do anything with it anymore. <gasps> I'm tired. I so, I, manage, <laughs> I manage social media as my full time job. I just sometimes just don't want to do it anymore. Um. <laughs> anyway, oh, also make sure to follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Scar Podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is we're playing it fast and loose here, guys. We're playing this, yeah. I mean, you got to give us a little bit of of, of wiggle room because we're we're figuring this out as we go. But yes, please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. Get ready for some. I swear to fucking god, again, she knocked the shit over it like every time I do a podcast. She's like, "What can I destroy in your life?" Get ready for this to be a goofy podcast. It's just the two of us. So this will be definitely yeah. be a little bit more loose, but I think it's going to be great. But thank you again, everyone, for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> next cat destruction. <laughs> oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Oh. Oh. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. 
here's the show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.